Welcome back to another episode of Discog Discourse. This is a show where we basically choose a band, listen through every single one of their albums, and then come back and talk about it and rank the albums. This week we're talking about Hail the Sun. My name is Nathan, and with me I have my two very good friends, Kyle and Jeff. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to pass it over to you right now. How are you doing right now, at this very moment? Oh, I'm doing wonderfully. I'm very, very excited for this this episode, so I'm ready to go. Not feeling sick anymore? No, I'm feeling much better. Thanks for asking. I'm feeling pretty good. Less stuffed. I'm very glad to hear that. Kyle? Kyle, how are you doing? Uh, I was waiting for somebody to ask. Um, uh, Nathan, Jeffrey... I'm doing great, eating my 62% pink Himalayan salt cacao chocolate with uh, some sipping tequila. Uh, in sunny Denver, Colorado, the sun did not show its face today, which I, I found notable because we're discussing Hail the Sun, and Ooh. that's what I've been thinking oh. about all day. So, gentlemen, I cannot wait to get this ball rolling. No one got to ask me how I'm doing? Okay, well, you started off, so you should probably say how you're doing first. But Nathan, how are you doing, brother? <laughs> oh, thank you for asking. I'm doing phenomenal. I'm also very excited for this episode. I've got myself a nice travel mug of Egyptian licorice tea right here, just sipping away, making sure my voice feels silky smooth. Wow. Uh, and I'm really just ready to talk about Hell of the Sun. We actually have seven projects to talk about, so I think, you know, really quick, we should just probably just jump right into it. We should real fast, Nathan. I do not want to understate how bad Egyptian licorice tea sounds, but I'm glad it's doing wonders for your voice. It's actually really good, sweet, but not too sweet. That's not that's not what we're here I to. Let's say the right viewer now. really wants to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I may cut that out. We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out in the edit. Real <laughs> quick, before we get into this, I do want to plug our social media pages. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok at Discog Discourse or on Twitter at Discog Pod. Get in on the discourse. Let us know what you think about these albums. Let us know what you think about these episodes. And let us know how wrong Jeff is about almost all of his opinions. That's really what we want to hear. And I want to plug the guy who runs all those social medias and also creates this show uh, and post. Nathan does everything, uh, so just quick shout out to Nathan. He's he's really really good at this stuff, and uh, you know this wouldn't be possible without him. Yeah, he's carrying uh, me and Kyle on. He's his back. carrying quite the load. I do about five percent of the podcast. <laughs> if I had a soundboard, I would do a, a clapping sound effect right now, so you'll just have to imagine it. Um, oh, we can snap. Oh, snaps. All right. So the way this is gonna work, just like every episode uh barring the first one is all three of us have individually ranked hail the sun's discography but instead of talking about each and every album and going through our list individually we're gonna have jeff lead the discussion tonight and we're basically gonna follow the order of his listing and just talk about the albums where they are in our list and what we like or what we don't like about them as they come up that being said all the housekeeping out of the way jeffrey what is your number seven Hail the Sun project? 
Yeah, so to get us started here, uh, I'm unfortunately going to have to put their 2010 project, Pow Right in the Kisser, as my number seven spot. right in seventh place that is tough generally boys my rule is that i never like to rank albums below eps unless there's a really good reason for it um generally just because i think the content in albums is in itself deserved of being of higher place than an ep uh but in this case i, I unfortunately cannot follow that rule uh i need to put this album as their last and simply put the production of this album leaves a lot to be desired. On top of that, some of these lyrics are just absolutely, I don't know how to put it, they're hard to, to listen to. And especially points in this album where they like to cut away and add in points. I'm not sure why Hail the Sun likes to do this, but they, they like to add in certain, like, have crowds of people talk like halfway through the song and it like breaks the song flow. I don't know if you guys noticed that with this album. And it's so jarring. That I'm just like, why would you add this in here? It it almost doesn't make sense. If I were to have not noticed that, I'd question whether or not I was actually listening to this project. <laughs> That's very you fair. Would, you would really have to wonder how much diligence am I really putting into this? No, because it sticks out like a sore thumb. It really does. And that's one of my main gripes with this album is that there is a lot of breaking of the flow with these songs on top of the, the lackluster production, which you know, gets better as they go on, which is expected, but it's it, it does leave a lot to be desired. Uh, and then also, the last thing I'll say before uh, one of you can jump in is that as Hail the Sun gets more mature as a band, their lyrics, I think, get a little bit more nuanced and a little less cringy, maybe even a lot less cringy. A lot of the lyrics on this album make it hard to listen to. I don't know if you guys felt the same way about that, but just listening through this, I'm like, I can't believe this is kind of how they started. And then... You know, get to where they are today, where I think a lot of their lyrics are a lot deeper, a lot more introspective, a lot more interesting uh, than than the lyrics, especially on this first album. So I'll pass it on to one of you guys. I see that all of you have this album as your number seven spot as well. So, you know, I, I see myself as a Santa Claus figure in many ways uh, when I and I give uh, the gifts of positivity to people that like this album. I'm going to point out a couple positives here. Um, Dinosaur, God hates it when we think. I think is a very catchy song. Mm -hmm. That is the only gift I have for those that enjoy this album. Um, unfortunately, I think that "Crying Is Only Manly" if Splinters comes out has some nice, uh, catchy parts. Some, I mean, some pretty interesting stuff in it. But at, at the end of the day, Jeff, I agree, the production is not there, uh, and and it's it, I'm it was it's a budget album. 2010, Hail the Sun's obviously just getting started. Probably a local, a local act at this point. And so the production's going to have something that's left to be desired. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing about this album that I enjoy particularly all that much other than Dinosaur, God Hates It When We Think. That song gets stuck in my head relatively often. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, the album cover is also one of the worst album covers uh, <laughs> that we've covered so far. It's horrible. I kind of want to get y'all's thoughts on that. If If there is a worse album cover of bands that we've talked about 
than this one. I uh, the, the green guy is trying to kiss the pink girl with a bomb, and the A inhale the sun is is cringy, if you ask me. Uh, and the and the name of the album is is it's tough, boys. It's tough. This this whole project is kind of a tough look to me. Um, I completely agree. The album cover is awful. And then I don't mind the name of the album. It's par for the course with the character that they kind of have on this album. I will say I do also enjoy There's Plenty of Fish. Uh, that song is all right. There's no song on this album that I'm like downloading into my library and listening to over and over again because this album is just not very good. The lyrics on here are very cringeworthy and make the album very hard to listen to and i was reading reviews of this album and uh their follow-up ep they were just talking about like the wit of the lyrics and i just i don't i don't hear the wit i listen to these lyrics i'm like gosh i wish i wish this was an instrumental band right now (laughs) yeah i hear the lyrics i don't hear the wit and uh, I do disagree. I think Dinosaur, God Hates It When We Think, is an excellent song. Well, it is a uh, repeat-worthy song. It's a bright spot on this album, for sure. Yeah, I just want to say I love Dinosaur as well. I love the bass line at the beginning of it. I think it's really cool. Something that I don't really find that they do much else, sort of doing what they did at the beginning of that song. But yeah, otherwise, I'm not a fan of this album. Uh, there are some things I do want to point out that could kind of be seen as positives, depending on who you are. Um, this is music for music nerds, and I personally kind of like some of the stuff that they're doing instrumentally. It's super progressive. It's unbelievably dynamic. These songs just are constantly evolving and changing in ways that are really hard to predict, and I, I enjoy that. I think with how bad the production is in a lot of places, they do attempt some interesting things with how sounds are coming through the headphones whether it's like the drums being super lo-fi at the beginning of a song or really dynamic panning of guitars i think that's pretty cool they don't execute very well but the idea is there and i think that's really kind of the running theme that i see through this entire project they don't execute well but the idea is there because and i think that's kind of seen with how good this band gets over time you can see the potential here they're just not harnessing yet one of the things that they do on later albums that i really like is the metric modulation and the drummings it is so clear that donovan vocalist and drummer for this band whoops loves to play with the rhythm and just change the feel of the song only by changing the beat and they do that on here a couple of times and i noticed that and i think it sounds cool luckily for me i don't have to go to this project to hear that because they'll do it elsewhere in their discography the last thing i'll say about this is is one thing they do in this album that you don't hear elsewhere are kind of the the jazz drum runs through towards the end of this album they do a couple of them that i think is is pretty cool pretty noteworthy you see the math rock there that that they end up developing like nathan was saying i think that's cool in this album otherwise the the production and lyrics and and songwriting in general kind of makes it tough to listen to yeah i agree completely there are some jazz influences found later in their discography but i agree like nothing like this i feel like this album does have their most complex song structures and feel free to disagree they kind of let loose on it compared to their other albums, which become a little bit more structured. You could definitely feel those creative juices flowing throughout these songs with just all the the different sounds that they're using. I'm pretty sure in one song in here, they have a triangle throughout like one of the bridges or the pre-choruses or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if I'm right there with you, I think I have written down in my notes for this project, actually, that they're clearly laying a foundation for what they'll go on to become. 
and this is a very rough version of what they'll go on to do very well, and that they're just not good songwriters yet, and they need someone to kind of reel in all the ideas they have and kind of push them into writing tighter songs. Like, you don't need that break in the song where, you know, you get the trumpets and the conversation, and then you get the drum fills and everything. Cut, cut all that out and just mm-hmm. go to a chorus or something. Yep. It's very clear this is a very creative band, very talented individuals. The one skill I think they're lacking on here is songwriting. Um, and something I found on Wikipedia that I thought was kind of funny, they use the word spastic to describe their sound. And I think that's really accurate on this album. <laughs> that's super accurate. That's hilarious. It's it's a very spastic album. And I think later in their career, you know, they still maintain a little bit of that, mm-hmm. but they harness it to their benefit instead of having it bring down the band. Donovan's a genius. All right, Jeff, what do you have as your number six album in Hail the Sun's discography? Sure. So uh, at number six, I have their 2012 EP, Elephantitis. Step in step right here, Jeff. This is also my number six. This is my number four. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, so so this album uh, is a huge step up, first off, in production. The songs are a lot easier on the ear. I think the mixing is a lot better, all that stuff. And they take away a lot of the annoying parts of their old songs out of here. They cut it out. So these songs are a lot more structured in a good way. I know that Nathan, you were saying that in POW, you could see the motifs for what they were going to become. I think you see it in the CP a lot more. I think this is sort of the, the first project where you're like, okay, I see where this band is going to go. I see what they're going to do. I see what sounds they're gravitating towards. I see what they want to do. You know, like in Dead Messages, for example, that song is, in my opinion, incredibly chaotic uh, until the very end where it sort of dies off. And I think that's kind of a general motif for future songs that you'll see later. And I really like that. I really like that song. I think it's good. Unfortunately, though, Testosterinosaurus, I don't like that song very much at all. And it kind of harkens back to the cringy lyrics you found in POW. Especially the part where he says, uh, does he get you off? Do I get you off? Uh, I I can't stand that part of that song. I don't like it. You know, that's that's that song is one of the big reasons why this album, I think, is so low to me, is that that song is... Otherwise, really good, but the lyrics just kind of kill it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'll hand it off to one of you. Yeah, Nathan, you go right ahead. I uh, I mentioned this to the boys, but uh, for the viewers at home, I have a full-fledged theory about the storyline of this EP that I can't stop thinking about and makes me really appreciate this album. So, Nathan, get it out of your system, then I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, let me get this out of my system. I don't like this EP very much. I agree with Jeff. It is 100% a step in the right direction. They're starting to get a little tighter in their songwriting. Uh, There are songs on here I actually enjoy, which was not the case on POW. Jeff mentioned Dead Messages. I like that song quite a bit. I think that's one of the 
high points on this EP. I also think the, I believe it's the closer eight ball corners pocket. I enjoyed that song quite a bit too. But like Jeff said, the lyrics on here again are an issue for me. And I have written down that I like Hilda Sun a lot more when the lyrics aren't so aggressively sexual. Because Hilda Sun always has dark lyrics, but they're not so aggressively sexual. You kind of pointed out like the that line earlier. I don't like when I hear Donovan say it. I really don't like when I hear you say it. It's just not good. Um, the lyrics are just overly edgy on this album. That being said, I think the musicianship is, musicianship is still incredibly impressive on here. They still need to write or figure out how to write more appealing songs, but a huge step in the right direction. Instrumentally, it's very fun. The production's way better. Donovan sounds much better. Everything's kind of trending in the right direction. They just need to get it a little bit more, a little bit tighter and a little bit less aggressively sexual, Mm -hmm. but they're on their way up. Yeah, I agree. All right, Kyle, lay it, lay it on us. So I would like to address a couple things. Testosterinosaurus is the best song on this album, without a doubt in my brain. The ending to that song is a highlight of the discography. I think it's it's beautiful. I think it's huge. Uh, lyrics aside, I do think it's it's a very interesting song. Eight Ball Coroner's Pocket, Nathan also mentioned, uh, I think is a very catchy, intriguing, powerful song. The storyline of this album, it's not just kind of a random selection of kind of what is Donovan feeling in this moment, much like Secret Wars, which I love, which I love. But first song, Al Splid, oh my God, Al Splidow, I like it though. I see as the perspective of a woman who is leading a guy on and keeps on lying to him in her, or in the person's, uh, or I guess, yeah, in the the person's mind, the lyrics, you know, this encounter is a trap and I don't even know where it's at. You know, I've, I've done this a thousand times. I've become a shameless liar and just talking about letting this, this person down easy many times, but the, you know, they still keep coming back. Uh, and then I, I see testosterinosaurus, the next song as the guy's perspective, who's in this relationship with the girl or vice versa, uh, kind of, you know, the watch out damn used to think that was super cringy. I do think it's now kind of part of this storyline, uh, and he sees this woman or man being very promiscuous with other people and other men. And he's like, you know, do I get you off? Does he get you off? Uh, and going into Dead Messages, which is obviously either a, a song about death or breakups. Uh, I think it's about a breakup because it says oftentimes I imagine if you weren't here and if you were dead. And just kind of how painful that is for the person that's been led on and and been deceived. Uh, and following that is, will they blame me if you go disappearing? Well, yes, because I, I see it as the person whose heart was broken, killing this uh, so, uh, this pig, is what it says in the album. Uh, and then you go to 8-Ball Coroner's Pocket, and I, I I guess I see that as as a fall into insanity. You know, I've lost all my patience. I've lost all my patience, kind of the devil meaning there of, you know, your patience is a virtue and uh, your patience isn't a doctor's patience. And so you might have seen the person as a patient uh, might have been doing experiments on them. I don't know. But yeah, I just see it as a, a very compelling story after reading uh, and listening more closely. And it makes me appreciate uh, the lyricism, the instrument, the instrumentation and just kind of the path that album goes down. I may, I may have to go honestly go back and listen to this again, reading through the lyrics with all of that in mind, because I think that does kind of put a more interesting twist on this rather than it just being like, 
unnecessarily edgy. It's like, okay, there's a story being told here. And like, if there's one thing that I see in their discography a lot is that Donovan loves to tell stories through his lyrics. So that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And what makes the most interesting in my mind is that it's not like, it's not telling a story that's happening. It's telling the mind state of these people and kind of their thoughts in a specific moment that has happened after these events have taken place or during them. That is interesting. I like that. It's pretty cool. It doesn't I'm, doesn't change my ranking, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just worried about your fifth and sixth spots, Kyle. I don't know what you're going to put in there, and yeah. I want to hear you justify it because I have <laughs> – I, I make me a little nervous. I'm starting to sweat over here looking at that fifth and sixth spot that you have coming up. There's still a lot of blank space on our uh, rankings here, but I am very intrigued at what goes in five and six. <laughs> I don't think you boys will be offended. Let's go into my number five. So this might be start to, to start the controversy a little bit. Here we I go. I got uh, their 2017 EP Secret Wars at my number five. interesting choice what about you guys um, before i start talking about it uh where do you guys rank it i also have it at number five and it is my number four okay so we're all sort of in the same ballpark with it uh okay so i love this ep this ep is really really good and the first thing that i want to say about it is that i i believe that it the songs on here have the most complex song structure second to pow i think uh, this is their second most dynamic, chaotic, interesting song structures out of their entire discography. And that's saying a lot because it's seven years after their first album. And so it just sort of goes to show how resilient and how, how dynamic, you know, they can still be. And so, but the problem is that, you know, my rule is that I don't like to put EPs above albums unless there's a really good reason. And the next four projects that I have coming up, I just think are nearly as good to the point where I don't feel comfortable putting an EP above them. But, you know, to say, I think Bound and Secret Wars on this EP are two of their top 10 songs. I absolutely love those songs. And this entire EP is just so fun. There's just so much happening. It's so chaotic. Uh, it's so catchy. Everything sounds great. The production is absolutely wonderful. And if this was a full album, it would be really, really high up my list. Don't, don't get me wrong. If there are five more songs on here that sounded like these five, uh, it, it might be my number one. Who knows? I don't want you to, to get the wrong impression that I don't like this EP. I absolutely love it. The only reason it's so low on my list is because it's an EP. So that that's it. But I think it's it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, you know, Jeff, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I think this is, this is actually the project that got me into Hail the Sun. I think Nathan showed me this when I was starting to get into this genre of music and there's not one song on this EP that does not blow me away. I think one one Oh nine is the first song I ever downloaded by hail the sun. And you know, it's been with me for a really long time. I think secret wars has a really deep and, and challenging message. And yeah, just every song I think is really it packs a punch. Like Jeff was talking about, it's a very complex song structure. There's a lot of, 
there are a lot of fills. There are a lot of riffs that don't seem like they would go together on paper, but man, they do. Yeah, overall, I, I, I do really, really enjoy this one. Something that I think it falls relatively flat on is that there are some songs where i don't feel like it distinguishes themselves extremely well from from some other uh hail the sun songs uh, namely namely repellent and spite though i do like those songs but oh i mean overall can't say enough good things about this one and uh the 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 ep art is top notch hail the sun good word i mean i don't have that much more to add i really like this ep a lot i think this is almost a visceral response from hail the sun following culture scars because everything that that album isn't this ep is Mm -hmm. if culture scars is kind of a more mellow um accessible hail the sun this ep is hail the sun at their most aggressive they're most chaotic. This is some of the heaviest stuff that they've ever put out. Yep. It works so well. And I think a big part of that, you know, POW is super progressive. But this, Secret Wars, same level of progression, like kind of what Jeff is saying. Like, it's the most crazy they've been since then. The difference is they've grown as songwriters. Because this is progressive, but it works. The songs are really tight. Sexons don't overstay their welcome. There's nothing that's thrown in there that feels like too over the top or like it's going to make the song drag on we're writing tight but progressive songs and they go so hard earlier in their career if they had tried to do this it just wouldn't have worked and like we saw that on pow but now that they've got songwriting in their tool belt it's amazing yep they've got strong hooks catchy guitar parts absurd guitar parts and it's just it's amazing and i think Actually, Jeff was talking about, you know, if this was a full album, then maybe it'd be number one. I think how short this project is really plays to its benefit. It's like 20 minutes for five songs, and it's 20 minutes of just balls-to-the-wall insanity. I feel like maybe if you get that for 10 albums, you may feel obligated to throw in another slower song in there. Or, you know, it might it may start to overstay its welcome. So I feel like it's tight runtime really plays to its benefit in a lot of ways. I think you're right about that. It's tough to say without, you know, something a project like that existing, but I, I do think that how short it is plays into sort of the tightness, I guess, of the songs, like you were saying. It sort of makes the project flow. There is no break from the action. My favorite songs on here, I mean, Secret Wars, Unreal, Spite, Insane, Repellent, Insane. And it's kind of funny... Kyle mentioned Spite and Repellent as songs that kind of, you know, you can't really differentiate them. They kind of sound a little samey. I mean, those are the songs that I'm drawn to on this EP. I think Repellent especially is close to my top 10, if not in it, just because of how dynamic it is and how it just, it's constantly changing. And I'm not sure that there's one part in that song that they play twice. We talked about in the past, generic is not necessarily a bad thing. And this isn't generic for a genre. This is generic for Hail the Sun, or as generic as it gets for Hail the Sun, especially with the stuff that came out after this. And so what I'm saying is those two songs, I guess, are the predecessors for the stuff they did after this, that they do a little bit better, and it just kind of buries them, in my opinion. Well, I mean, honestly, and before them, you know, shout out Wake, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I see. I think I see what you're saying. You're saying like this EP, or those songs in particular, kind of blend in with other songs that Hail the Sun has written that kind of, you know, it's the standard Hail the Sun sound. Exactly what I'm saying. Yep. Gotcha. I 
because I wouldn't say those songs are generic, but I understand what you're saying. Generic for Hail the Sun. Mm. Yep. There is one part in Repellent that I just have to shout out. It feels like a POW moment, but just done right. It's it's at like 227 in the song. I have it timestamped in my notes. That's why I know that off the top of my head. It's like the song just falls apart and all the instrumentation just kind of clatters, I guess. And it it falls apart. <laughs> and then they bring it all back in and it just sounds so cool. That's such a unique moment to me and I love it a lot. Y- yeah, I had a part from Repellent written down too, actually. Uh, it's like halfway through the song where they have that really funky part. Uh, I can hear it. I can hear it in my head. And, and, that, and then that funky part ends with Donovan like screaming, like going nuts. That... That could have been any part of the song, quite frankly. Well, there was one funky part in the scream specifically about halfway through that I was just like, this is this is so cool. Like, this is such a cool sound. So, yeah, it's funny that you had a repellent moment written down as well. Cause... I, I probably agree with you, and I really like that moment too. I just don't know which moment you're talking about. No, that's, that's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you mean by funky. <laughs> like, I, 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 I can hear it kind of, but Without... the way you said it just made me laugh. You're like, kind of a without me playing the song for you i I can't like it's hard to describe yeah do do it through your speaker into the microphone i dare you that would sound really good i'll leave this discord yeah no no uh yeah no that the whole ep is funky though so it's kind of hard to pinpoint one moment it's a great ep i'm a big fan Mm -hmm. all right so (laughs) let's move on uh my number four uh album uh, and we're finally actually getting into the meat and potatoes here, I think, of their discography. So I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, but at number four, I have their 2016 album, Culture Scars. How do I put this? When I first started listening to this album, um, back when we talked about it a couple months ago, I didn't really enjoy this project all that much. But the more that I listen to it, the more that I really do enjoy it a lot. I think there are a lot of good moments on here. And I want to highlight one in spe- in particular is uh, Body Damage. Uh, just whenever they use that distorted guitar uh over the chorus uh, it's just so cool like that's just such a standout moment that song is definitely one of their top 10 for me um just because of that moment alone you know i think you can find stuff like that throughout the album uh the production is clean and there are a lot of catchy hooks on here unfortunately though i do think that this album kind of feels simple and a little bit more generic than all of their other stuff which is why i have it so low Honestly, I just think that their their three other albums do what this album wants to do, but much, much better. I think there's more interesting instrumentation. I think that there are better hooks. I think that there are cooler moments on other albums as compared to this one. This this album also kind of dies off by the end. I think it gets worse as the album goes on. I think it starts super strong, like from Paranoia up to The Fun and Dysfunction, I think are really good. But then the second half of the album, I think, is a lot weaker and I don't enjoy it nearly as much. And so that's just another thing as to why it's at my number four. All right. This is my number five album. This falls right below Secret Wars for me. 
I, I don't know how to say this other than I think there are two good songs on here and the rest I don't mind listening to, but I'm never like actively seeking it out. Like I think this album is actually bookended by songs that I really enjoy with Paranoia and Doing the Same Thing. I think those songs are both really enjoyable and those songs are actually both my library, but everything in the middle just kind of blends together. It's nice to throw on in the background, but it's not. there's not a lot of meat there in my opinion. I think there are a lot of good moments in the songs on this album, but I don't think there are a lot of good songs. Like there are moments that I can point to and think that's really cool. And a lot of them actually happen to be like the bridge, cool moment, but I'm not going to listen to the song for just one cool moment. I need a little bit more than that. It took me, it took me a couple listens through to figure out why I don't really like this album. But I, th- I think a lot of it is kind of what you're saying about it. It's a little bit more of a generic Hail the Sun, not in the sense that they're doing what they do really well on here, but in the sense that this is kind of Hail the Sun. It seems like intentionally trying to write more accessible music. And I think that's at the, um, the sacrifice of a lot of the energy that you see in the three albums that I put above this one, or the four albums that I put above this one. The energy just seems a lot lower, and I think that's what's missing on here. It's noticeably less chaotic and less unpredictable, and I think that kind of takes away some of the some of the fun of it for me. It's just kind of a standard progressive post-hardcore with like maybe a handful of funky riffs. We were talking about Secret Wars, how that whole thing is funky. I think this just has kind of a handful of those moments, and it's worse off for it. It's not a bad album. I think it's just kind of all right and maybe a little bit bland compared to a lot of their other stuff. Yeah, I had this in number six. Jeff, I have a question. Does this album bring anything new to the table regarding Hail the Sun? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't I don't believe that it does, no. Okay, then I, it's just kind of, this is Hail the Sun's in some way, shape, or form by Four Years Strong. This is Hail the Sun's The Path. Uh, it's just, it is an album that does not bring anything new to the table when they've already established themselves with some elite, elite records. I think that Paranoia has been mentioned multiple times. Great song. Awesome opener. I mean, you hear that song and you're in your amp for the rest of the album. And it's just a little bit of a letdown because I, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse or feed a fed horse for our friends over at PETA with, with what Nathan said in that there's just, it's very samey. I think it's got a good song in the beginning, a pretty good song in the middle, and a good song at the end. The song in the middle being the fun and dysfunction. But yeah, I see this as a step down from, uh, or I, I see this as an attempt to be more accessible by Hail the Sun and still having, you know, some math rock elements, some post-hardcore mel- elements, some screaming elements. But in the most part, a lot of this stuff just blends. And it's not for me. Uh, I want to kind of bring up what Nathan was talking about earlier was that how Secret Wars was a response almost to this album, where they did kind of go the more generic route on Culture Scars, but then on Secret Wars, they completely rebounded and changed their sound completely. And I do think that's exactly what's going on here, is that I I don't think that Secret Wars is nearly as accessible as this album is, and I think that's completely intentional. But Nathan could probably probably say it better than I can. Um, I know you brought it up earlier. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think... I think, like I said, this is Hail the Sun trying to do a little bit more accessible music. And then it did all right. And they were like, all right, let's go back to doing what we're really good at, which is kind of the chaotic. I think 
there is one good thing that came out of Culture Scars. I think in trying to go more accessible, that album really ended up being an exercise in songwriting because they're trying to make songs that are more not necessarily radio friendly, but will appeal to a larger audience. They had to kind of understand songwriting at a deeper level, not just do a bunch of things, throw them all at the wall and see what happens. We're not writing five minute songs and dragging the listener all the way through. We are writing really tight, you know, maybe standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, outro, whatever. But I think that really came in handy because I think that's where they really get the ability to do that and then go on and write something like Secret Wars. So now that they have that tool, they can apply it to that more chaotic sound. And I think it works out really well. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think this was needed at all. I don't think that, I mean, it, it introduced them to more accessible music writing and that they don't really use in, the, in their next three projects. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying because they were writing music that is supposed to be more accessible on here, they're not necessarily applying the standard formula to future projects, but they were forced into writing really tight songs on this project. And I think they take that tight songwriting and apply it to future albums. You, you don't think that tight songwriting is in Wake? Not really. Really? I I don't know, man. Don't know about that take. Look, look, look. Spoiler I love Awake. I won't say where it ranks, but it's very high. Kind of the difference between that and future projects is if you look at the runtime, the duration of the tracks on Wake, they're all like five minutes. And then, you know, I think that to me is not necessarily indicative of tight songwriting. You look at something like New Age Filth or Mental Knife, those songs are like three to four minutes, probably on average. You may get a longer one. But I think the average is closer to what you would hear more from a tighter song. So that's kind of what I mean, is that they're cutting out all the fluff on those future albums, even when they bring back kind of that more chaotic sound. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't totally agree, but I know what you're saying. I want to ask you guys a question then, um, just to wrap up the discussion on this album. I know that they wanted the message of this album, and I think it comes through to be a critique of society and of culture do you think it's possible that they tried to emphasize the message too much and that kind of took away from the songwriting and the song structure and stuff like that because they wanted to push through the message so hard i don't know if that's why they wrote a simpler album to try to get that message through i think you know this may be shallow of me to think but i would imagine they tried to write a simpler album to sell more albums mm -hmm. and get a wider audience and i think really the songs just aren't very good on here and that's why it's not as good which is kind of a duh answer the songs aren't good so the album's not as good so yeah jeff that's a really interesting point um i would tend to lean towards nathan but i am not i am not as familiar with the message of this album than i am with uh, others and so i i couldn't say for certain but yeah i tend to agree with nathan here okay it's an interesting okay. yeah i was just i was just uh asking the question just to see but okay. i like it i'm ready to move on ball rolling baby get yeah i'm trying to get rolling. the ball rolling on a little discussion yeah. here. but if you guys are ready to move on then <laughs> i am as well i think i think it's time to hear your number three album let's get a quick update gentlemen update in the standings uh jeffrey can you can you do that can you do that for just all three of us so we're not talking yeah. to each other? So my number seven is uh, Pow, Right in the Kisser. My number six is Elephantitis. My number five is Secret Wars. And my number four is Culture Scars. For Kyle, his number seven is Pow, Right in the Kisser. 
His number six is Culture Scars. His number five is Secret Wars. And his number four is Elephantitis. And then for Nathan, his number seven is Power Right and the Kisser. His number six is Elephantitis. His number five is Culture Scars. And his number four is Secret Wars. So that means that we're all we're going to have the same three albums in the final three spots for all of our lists, which is pretty interesting. I'd be kind of concerned if we didn't. Yeah, me too, actually. Same. I think this is where we get the most variance because more or less, I mean, Jeff, you and I are one choice away from being completely in mm-hmm. line. And I think that mostly has to do with your EP rule. Yeah, that's exactly why. Uh, it, you know, I honestly should put it above uh, Secret Wars, above Culture Scars, but, you know, be, yeah, because of that. You, you should because overall it is a better project for what they're trying to do on that. Yeah, like, but, you know, it's one of those questions where it's like if I had to choose one to listen for 24 hours, which would I pick? And I'd pick Culture Scars over Secret Wars just for the fact that there's more content there to listen to. So Interesting. The way I think about it is if I only had one of these projects for the rest of my life, which would it rather be? And for me, that's definitely Secret Wars. You'd rather have Secret Wars over Culture Scars? In that case, really? Yes. Okay oh yeah 100 percent. a million a million percent okay all right okay number three number three let's get in here let's get let's get a little controversial do something stupid i dare you yeah do something idiotic my number three is their 2021 project oh my gosh new age filth something stupid i don't know okay um so nathan has it at number two and kyle has it at number one yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of amazed that's news to me i'm seeing that and i'm like so let me just give my piece real quick is that is that news aged filth i hope you (laughs) cut that out i am not going to (laughs) (laughs) all right so I think this is an amazing album. Uh, it has my favorite song on it, Domino. It's my favorite Hail the Sun song. I think this album is really, really cool because, in my opinion, it emphasizes either Donovan's or a standard for the audience or a personification of the band and their relationship with other people. That's how I view this album. And, and the, the reason why I view that is just because this album uses the word you so many times. It's talking to other people, like every song saying you your stuff like that which you don't really find on a lot of their other projects in fact i think this album uses the word you the most out of any of their other albums and so i think this album has a huge emphasis on your actions and how they impact other people and i mean that's how domino starts it, it you know it's talking about failed relationships and stuff and how you know the mistakes that you make affect other people and how that can you know lead to a domino effect where it affects other people and and so on i think this album is phenomenal these last three albums i need to nitpick because i think they're all so great and so just for this album i think that out of the last three out of mental knife new age filth and wake this album has the simplest song structure and i do think that the other two albums are almost feel more creative to me this sort of feels a little bit more run-of-the-mill 
which is why I think it is kind of the closest, in my opinion, to culture or to yeah, to culture scars in, in the way that the songs feel kind of samey at some points. Uh, that they're following a, a formula to get these songs out. But I mean, otherwise, I think all the songs on here are, are absolutely phenomenal. The only ones that I don't love are Misfire, I think is okay. And then, of course, Devaluation, but that's not really fair because that's more of an interlude. I agree completely with those song choices, actually. I, I'm right there with you. I love everything on here except for Misfire. I think that's the only kind of misstep on this album, and it's not even a bad song. It's just okay. A little bit of a misfire, if you will, from Hail the Sun. If you will. But Nathan, you have this as your number two, so if you want to go next and sort of describe yeah, man. what you like and don't like about it. I, when we were listening to these albums... I had this as my number one for a really long time. And I, I don't know if that was recency bias or not, but I mean, just listening to this album is such a joy. I mean, I've been talking about tight songwriting all night long, but this this album is like chaotic Hilda Sun, progressive Hilda Sun, done so, so well. I think they take all the ideas that they had from the, from the good songs off of Mental Knife, the really high energy ones, and just said, let's do that for the whole album. And I love it for that. I think all the instrumentation shines on here. The drumming and the guitar work is unbelievable. And I think like kind of with the whole songwriting thing that I've just been hammering home all night, the songs are progressive, but never at the expense of being catchy or concise. Like that's, that's it. That's kind of my stance on this album. They never overstay their welcome. And they balance their heavier side with the more melodic elements so well. And I think because of that, this might be the most cohesive Hail the Sun album. I I mean, there's just so much that I love. I could really just go down the track list and point out every song because there's so many like, talking about incredible moments. Every song has an incredible moment or something unique to it. And every song is good. I think one of my favorites on here is actually Made Your Mark. I love the chorus in that song with those guitar parts that come in and out. Like, that is infectious to me. And every time I hear that, it gets stuck in my head. I think other moments that are really great are in Slander when that guitar riff in the bridge comes in and he screams Slander over it. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, the, of course, If You Love Me, Then Love Me to Death from Domino is unreal. That's such a cool line. As an album, this probably has the best ratio of songs that I really enjoy to misses, which is interesting because it's not my favorite Hail the Sun album. But it is someone's. It is someone's. This is my favorite Hail the Sun album. And up until one week ago, I had Mental Knife as my number one. It's kind of been that way since Mental Knife came out. New Age Filth is taking a back seat to Mental Knife. As Nathan mentioned, this is the most cohesive Hail the Sun album, in my opinion. Name a song that's not good on it. I think I love Misfire. I think Misfire is really interesting. I think it I think it has peaks and valleys instrumentally and, and energy-wise, but I think it's got a very, very in- interesting hook and choruses. I, I think Misfire, Misfire is a pretty good song. But, I mean, tell me, man. Is it Domino? Is it Slander? Is it Solipsism? Is it Misfire? Major Mark? Yeah, I could go down the line. Hysteriantics, I didn't like until I really listened to this record in more depth. And there are so many different facets to that song. That's, it's almost manic. It, it, it almost sounds manic, and I love it. I love that they try new things on here while still staying true. 
and there's just not one miss and, and the album art is is exceptional as well so you guys have both praised this album enough i don't want to i don't want to really blow its trumpet too much but uh yeah this this album makes me so excited for other things that hail the sun is going to do in the near, near future uh, and i can't wait i can't wait till next year when they when they will hopefully drop another one yeah, there's two more two more things I want to point out about this album that I really, really love. One, really quick, Punch Drunk is an amazing song. I can't believe I didn't mention that earlier. That is one of my favorite Hill the Sun songs. Not their best closer, ironically enough. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know about that, brother. Ooh, well, <laughs> you'll hear about my favorite later. Oh wait, no, 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 you're right. You're right. It's it it is not their best closer. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's their second best, though. It's their second. Yeah, it's a close second. By a, by a, it's pretty close, I will say. It's by a hair. It's by, just say it as, it's by a hair, damn it. It is. Uh, another thing I really love about this album is the lyrics in Major Mark. They have this, like, really genuine simplicity to them, but it feels really personal and it feels really real to me. Like, I hear what he's saying, particularly the line, taught me patience while I taught you guitar as we fell apart. Wherever you end up, know that you've made your mark. I'm forever lost, forever caught by your moment on earth. Like, something as simple, like, you don't really think about lyrics like, taught me patience while I taught you guitar. That feels very basic or, like, surface level maybe, but it sounds, because of that, so personal and so real, and it's it's sincere. That's the word for it. It's It's sincere. And I think that really captures a reminiscent sound on this song. That song is a 10 out of 10 for me. Hill the mm. Sun actually has quite a few 10 out of 10s. That is one of them. I love that song. Yep, couldn't agree more. Love this album. Uh, this shows so, so much true maturity while while still staying with their roots. So I agree. I, I used to not like that song as much, but I've grown to really love it. I think it's really good. It's a beautiful song. I can't believe that song doesn't have more streams. Like, I would imagine that that would be the most streamed song on the album, and it's not, which boggles my mind. People are sleeping on that song so hard. It's it's kind of the, the accessibility yeah. done really well. They're divulging from their normal sound, but it's done so, so well that you can't really hate on it. Like, I mean, don't mean to, to go back in, in last episode, but I couldn't stand how Fifth King wrote the songs that kind of divulge from their formula. I think Hail the Sun can do it, and I think they do it really well time and time again. And that song is a classic example of a really well-done song that's away from their formula. Agreed. You get that super catchy chorus, but also interjected in there, you get those like interesting guitar riffs. And it's like, that you wouldn't hear that in the chorus of like a standard accessible song. But Hail the Sun does it, and they make it work. Okay, let's move on. Number two. So my number two Hail the Sun album is their 2014 album, Wake. That's clown behavior because that's actually their number one album. It's their best. Nathan, you seem to be the most problematic you person are. on this podcast. After we give you so many compliments, we you just seem to be problematic. It's all going to my head. 
Yeah, I guess so. I say that after putting this one third. <laughs> yeah, okay, guy. I challenge you to find a better list of songs than Human Target Practice to Disappearing Syndrome. I really, I really challenge you because those songs, like every single one of that list is insanely good. Insanely good. The highs of this album are so, so high. Like probably the best songs that Hail the Sun has ever put out honestly like especially human target practice black serotonin morning sickness and falling on deaf ears specifically those songs are absolutely insane and i love them i th i i go back and listen to that section all the time and unfortunately i do think that this album drops down a little bit towards the end i'm not the i'm not as big of an anti-eulogy fan as you guys are well jeff <laughs> i hope you stay dead i think that um <laughs> woo. I knew that I would get some daggers when I said that, but it's true. I mean, I think that Mist Injections, Hanging Revelation, Jane Doe, and Anti-Eulogy are not nearly as good as the beginning song list that I said. I just don't think they are. I, I agree with you, Jeff. I would honestly even bump that first list that you talked about, Human Target Practice, through Disappearing Syndrome. I would say Rolling Out the Red Carpet. I think that's an awesome first-off song name to to an album that is so good. But also, I think I think they do it really well. This kind of just hazy, very, I don't, I don't exactly know how to say it. But yeah, just a really hazy, cool, slow, melodic, uh, drifty opener right into human target practice. Come on now. Mm -hmm. And then it, they do not hit the brakes until Miss Injections. And I agree. I think Miss Injections, Hang Revelations, and Jane Doe are just okay songs. But I, I do think you are dead wrong about anti-eulogy. I didn't say I hate it. <laughs> I just said that I don't no, love it like, as much as you guys do. Man, that's a top 10 Hail the Sun song, in my opinion. That's number one for me. That is my personal favorite Hail the Sun song. I love anti-eulogy. Wait, 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 wait. So we talked about earlier. We talked about their best closers. Then I would assume that this is your favorite closer over Punch Drunk. Yes. Barely, though. Uh... Okay, I've I've made a mistake. I didn't know that on existence was on Mental Knife or was ending it. Oh, you thought Glass Half Empty? I thought it was Glass Half Empty. That would be that would make it a really interesting three man race. I really like on existence. I just want to say that I really like it. Uh, hey Jeff, <laughs> it's not about you right now. Yeah. Also, wrong album, buddy. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to Punch Drunk as my favorite closer. But Nathan, please 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 get your get your uh, get your chaps in, brother. Where do I even begin with this album? There are so many good things that I could say about it. Looking at their discography leading up to Wake, they struck gold on this album, and by all means, they shouldn't have. Because this album is so good, and I honestly don't know if they'll make another album that's on this level again. Not only is this a huge step forward for them, but like every song on here, all, or almost every song on here, has a great, unique, memorable moment. And that's what I love. You get that random hardcore part in Cosmic Narcissism that comes straight out of nowhere. I love that. The climax of Black Serotonin, where he screams the title of the track. Oh my gosh. And then Anti-Eulogy to close the album is so good. And you know, kind of what you're saying about like rolling out the red carpet being a fun name for an opener anti-eulogy is such a fun name for a closer like i love that that song's at the end of the album because that's so good this album is just such a fantastic balance 
between the progressive technical things that they do and the catchy and memorable things that they do. Because this album has some great hooks, and the one that really comes to mind is Falling on Deaf Ears. Mm -hmm. That song is unbelievably good. Kyle and I had the pleasure of seeing this band perform an acoustic set at a record store in Dallas, and they played that song. I'm like, I know this is a good hook because the song works as an acoustic track. There's some tracks in Hail the Sons to Dis Discography that wouldn't work acoustic, and I think that kind of points to, okay, maybe this is you know, a little weaker songwriting. But that song, you strip everything away from it, and it's just the hook, it works, and it's perfect. Yeah, one of one of my one of my all time favorite songs, one of my all time favorite shows. But yeah, one of my all time favorite songs. That was really cool. It's a cool, um, cool set. Definitely, I think I mentioned the metric modulation and the drums earlier. I don't think we've been giving Donovan enough credit. We've been talking about his vocals a lot. His drumming is unreal too, and I think it really shines on this album. And falling on deaf ears again is such a great example of that. Because he is just messing with the timing all throughout that song. And it always keeps it fresh and interesting. And I mentioned that New Age Filth has the best ratio of like songs that I really enjoy to misses. I think there are a couple more misses on this album than New Age Filth. And it really, in my mind, I had to have the conversation with myself. Which album has the higher highs and how do I balance that? You know, Is New Age Filth more consistent? Maybe. But this album has higher highs. This album, for me, has three songs that are perfect. 10 out of 10 songs. Black Serotonin, Falling on Deaf Ears, and Anti-Eulogy. Perfect songs. I, I Near perfect, at least. Uh, I, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys, do you believe that we would be talking about Hail the Sun if this album had never come out? In other words, is this like their most important album for their sound and just you know, how successful are they if they don't drop this album? I mean, this was this was their breakout album. Like, this was the album that put Hail the Sun on the map. I think this is. This defined who Hail the Sun is and what they would become later. I don't know how they followed this up with Culture Scars. That I, boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah. I, like, what a drastic step down. I was, I was going to say, Kyle, to answer your question, I think that, that question would be a lot easier to answer if Culture Scars didn't exist because... I agree. If cultures didn't exist, then the answer would be unabashedly yes. I don't know, like, if this album didn't exist, would we be talking about them? I mean, maybe. But the fact that Culture Scars does exist makes it almost seem like it's like, no. You know what I mean? I disagree with that. I think if you look at the trajectory of Hail the Sun, Culture Scars is the clear outlier. It's the clear misstep. Secret Wars following Culture Scars is a return to form for them. So I think the fact that Wake was their breakout album is really indicative of what they're good at, what their sound is, and the fact that they kind of went back to that kind of made them who they are. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's hard to answer about an album that came out in 2014 when this band has made, what, six projects, five projects since? It's just interesting to think about. It just looks like that there are so many hits on this album that it lays the foundation for who they are right now and who they've been for the last five years. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. I will say, you know, I think at this point in their career, their lyrics are still kind of edgy, but I think it works a lot better on here. And for some reason, I don't mind it as much because there's multiple songs where he's talking about like, 
homicide, murder, you know, the carnage all over the walls. That is less egregious to me than like being aggressively sexual and saying like you could use a good uh expletive here. <laughs> like I just think, you know, it's a lot more storytelling, I guess, you know, and that's barring kind of what you said about elephantitis earlier. It's just less sexual, which I really appreciate because those songs on Elephantitis and Pow just kind of make me uncomfortable, much more so than Homicide, you know, which is interesting, I guess. You know, what does that say about me? Yeah, I completely agree, Nathan. And I do think that the lyrics here are a lot more nuanced than their previous yeah. projects. And I mean, what other band can you say in Disappearing Syndrome would would write a song about the Elisa Lamb mystery? Like... It's just such a weird topic to pick for a song, yeah. but it works so well, I think. That song is really good. You know, the songs on here are better, so maybe it's easier to excuse a little edgy lyricism. Right, right. But, I mean, if what Kyle said about Elephantize is true, then, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But it feels a little bit more purposeful here, sort of what you were saying, Nathan, that the storytelling here kind of necessitates the use of that kind of, of language. And also the fact that this album is sort of like almost a spiritual journey sort of talking about death and what happens with death and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it all sort of plays together, I think, when they're talking about homicide and the song Jane Doe, obviously, kind of exactly what that song's talking about, homicide. So I think it's purposeful. Therefore, I think I give it a pass, at least. I give it a pass, too. Kyle? You know what? Straight across the board, let's go. They pass with flying colors. I think uh, I think we've emptied the tank. I think the last little bit of elixir is in there, and, and we need your number one album. All right, well, to no one's surprise, uh, my number one album is uh, this little project called Mental Knife, which I absolutely love. It's their 2018 project. Decision, come. Oh, sorry. I, in my head, I just had Nathan already putting in the little snippet of uh, the song, so my bad. No, he doesn't have Very to. Good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> what if I did just leave that? I said earlier how I, you know, if Secret Wars was a full project, then it might be my number one album. Well, I think this is about as close as you get to Secret Wars being a full project. And I don't think it's any surprise that Secret Wars was just before this album came out. Because I think there are a lot of similarities between them. I think that this album kind of does everything that I want in a Hail the Sun album. This album is a little bit heavier than anything that they produced previously. I think aside from maybe New Age Filth, I think this album has the most screaming sections. But I also think that it has some of the catchiest hooks out of any of their songs. So you combine the cool screaming sections with the catchy hooks. And on top of that, you have this general ambience of almost darkness, of introspection, of reflection. Uh, a lot of talking about you know, what is morality? What does it mean to be a good person? And you have all of that sort of bundled together into this really concise project. What Hail the Sun likes to do sometimes, or maybe on every on every project, is that they like to have those slower songs. And I think that this album has the best of those slower songs with Risk Reward and On Existence. I think this album does it 
the best by far. And so you get like the best of their slower stuff on top of the heaviest sections with some of the catchiest hooks. And then you get this general tone of the album, which is a little bit more chaotic, a little bit almost like water. Like, you know, this album feels a little bit more free flowing than, uh, than wake and uh, definitely more than culture scars. And I think that comes across in a lot of the, the music and how the guitar sounds, how you have the multiple layering of the guitar to add to that sort of, uh, ambience and that background on top of the sort of the main vocals. And I think it all, just all comes together in this really interesting project, which focuses on, you know, whether it's Donovan, whether it's a personification of the band, whether it's the listener, I'm not sure, but it all comes together in this album, which is focusing on the inside rather than looking outwards, which is what new age filth was trying to do, which was looking at how your actions affect others. This is looking in saying, what does it mean to, to be a good person? What does it mean to not give in to temptation, right? Like, what does it mean to find yourself and to sacrifice you know, things that you love? What does it mean to have uh, memories? Like, what does all this stuff mean? What is justice? Like, what is it? It all comes up together on this album. And I think it's just absolutely marvelous. And I, I really enjoy it for all those aspects bundled together. And, but then again, who knows? Maybe all that could be kaput and I could just be biased because this is the album that <laughs> that led me into Hail the Sun. And that's why I like it. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I think I think you said that pretty, pretty masterfully. I think you said that really well, kind of the heart behind the album, the message behind it. I want to highlight two perfect songs in the glass, uh, the glass Half Empty and A Lesson in Lust. I think both of those songs are masterfully done. I think the ends of both of those songs have brought me to tears multiple times. Not because of what they're saying, but because of how they sound and the atmosphere around it and kind of the darkness, the coming out of darkness, the coming into a larger darkness, and just the depth that those songs carry. are are uh, That depth is not in, in many other songs I've ever heard. Risk slash reward is an excellent way to do a slower song in an album that has so much energy. It's it's got that ambient feel, that that clean electric guitar, and Donovan just kind of singing over it. It feels heartfelt. It feels really emotional, really deep. And that's the way you do it, boys. That's the way you do it. I I see a couple songs that I'm not crazy about in this one, The Stranger in Our Pictures and On Existence in particular. I don't necessarily love, but this album, this album, I mean, I remember where I was when I listened to it with you, Nathan. I remember going to see uh, the promo for this album in the uh, in the record store, and I I have a lot of feelings about this album. It's it's very emotionally connected with me. And Jeff, you said it masterfully, man. So this is my number three. I really really enjoyed this album when it came out, and I still enjoy it now, but not to like the same extent that I did then. I think the highs on this album are very high. Glass half empty. Kyle said it. I mean that song is perfect. That song's amazing. A Lesson in Lust, also top 10 song. Arcane Justice goes hard. That being said, I feel like for every song that I really like on this album, there's another song that I don't like as much. For every Glass Half Empty, there's the Devotion Cuts. For every Lesson in Lust, there's Feel It When Convenient. Oof. For Arcane Justice, there's Risk Reward. I, I don't see what y'all, what, or I should say I don't hear what y'all hear in that song. Because, you know, you're talking about, like, that's one of their better, more mellow songs. There is nothing in that song that really grips me. And I think it pales in comparison to, like, 
a slow song off Awake or a slow song off New Age Filth. The highs on this album are really high, but I think it like splits it down the road 50-50 for me, really, if I look at what I have downloaded and what I have don't. Most of the things that y'all have said about this album, I agree with. Like, There's a really good atmosphere on here. The lyrics feel really intentional and really personal, really introspective, and I really enjoy that element of it. But just musically, like some of the songs on here just don't really do it for me outside of acknowledging that like yeah this is a good combination of kind of their more technical stuff and we're getting you know more technical than we've really ever seen mental knife is absolutely unreal and it's a good combination of that with some of the tight songwriting because this is kind of where they started to get you know jeff was saying like this is a full project version of secret wars i think we're seeing the continuation of the tighter songwriting on there fully fleshed out into album form on this and i think they've taken their ability to write good and memorable songs with the technicality that they had before and it sounds pretty good for the most part i think they do it better both before and after this album with wake and new age filth respectively this album's good i think i'm coming at it as a bit more of a negative angle than i truly feel about it because i have more gripes about it than y'all do you know this is a classic nathan moment i like this album let me dog on it for five minutes (laughs) nathan nathan be like you know i love this album this album changed my life but it's not a very good Hail to Stone <laughs> album. I think at best it's it's a good album with great moments. That's all that's all I'll give it. You know, I see where you're shooting. Uh the three songs you mentioned that are downers, devotion cuts, feel inconvenient and risk slash rewards. All three of those songs are bangers. Yeah, yeah. devotion cuts, you're oh, that's 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 tough. That's almost that's I mean We said it earlier. I am the problem child of this podcast. I mean, but like devotion cuts that's like one of the best songs in the album man like i i can only control the narrative so much through my editing so you know you get to see how much of a problem i really am that's true all right all right jeff uh why don't you run us through how these rankings came out let's uh let's go through them real quick so my list first so i have power right in the kisser at number seven i have elephantitis at number six i have secret wars at number five culture scars at number four New Age Filth at number three, Wake at number two, and my number one choice was Mental Knife. For Kyle, he had Pow Right in the Kisser at number seven. He had Culture Scars at number six, Secret Wars at number five, Elephantitis at number four, surprisingly, Wake at number three, Mental Knife at number two, and his number one album was New Age Filth. Could you not, could you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but but could, could you, could you not like, just contain yourself and be like, yeah, elephantitis, surprising. <laughs> what an imbecile. What an idiot. I mean, like, could it control so high up, dude. It's just so high up. Like, why is it so high? <laughs> uh, that's so funny. I'm so, just the under is... I, it's like you didn't even mean to say that. Surprisingly, <laughs> goddamn. And then kept going. All right, all right. G- give us Nathan. I just did. I tried to contain it. All right, number seven for Nathan is Pow Right in the Kisser. Number six is Elephantitis. Number five is Culture Scars. His number four is Secret Wars. His number three is Mental Knife. Number two is New Age Filth. And Nathan's number one album is Wake. Unsurprisingly. So we were we were super fluid four through seven. And then kind of on the same page one through three, kind of not. Well, our one through three is completely different though. They are, but they're all they're all bunched together, right? Like like our top yeah. three are all of our oh, three yeah. top threes. That made no yep. sense. 
insane. No, no, no. Yeah. That made sense. I get it. We also get the classic least favorite album everyone agrees across the board. I feel like that's happened a couple times when we've done this. I think this is the third time that's happened. It happened with Four Years Strong and Amorosa, and now it's happening with Kyle. Sorry, Hilda Sun. Come on, church. Put your hands in the air. That's what I like to hear. Kyle, yeah. pop quiz. Could this band beat up Four Years Strong? Well, I- I'm glad you asked because <laughs> absolutely not. I don't want to think about what Four Years Strong would do to Hail the Sun uh, because it would be it it'd be brutal. Uh, buried beneath all the Christmas trees. I do want to ask you, gentlemen, instead of the band Hail the Sun, do you think that Four Years Strong could beat up the Creatures on New Age Filth's album cover? Oh, wow. good question. Let me take a look. They would pummel Hail the Sun. Hail the Sun, Hail the Sun has no chance other than to pray to the sun, which maybe they do. I don't know, but yeah, there's no chance. I mean, like, they're winning. dude, it would literally be like the classic, the jock Four Years Strong versus like the music nerd Hail the Sun. Like these guys are music kids, and it shows. I love them for it. But okay, so you're talking about the album cover for New Age Filth? Is that what you said? I am. Yes. Oh man, how do you beat those up? I don't know if you could beat those uh, dude, up. Well, look, look closely. I don't think the legs they look are like stick figures. Couldn't they just be like snapped in half? Kind of, but but we don't exactly know how thick they are because look at the dimensions compared to the other creatures in in the shot, and so they might be pretty thick. So it'd be kind of hard to break them. I think four years strong would take them down because they don't look particularly fast. But they do look like they also have weapons. So All right. Here's the thing, though. How do you kill something that's already dead? Mm. These these are skeleton creatures. Are they killable? That's a good point. And also another thing we had to take into consideration, the one on the bottom left does have two dead humans in its hands. So we know that these oh, things are capable. Yeah. We know that these things are capable of at least some type of murder. I mean, that's just straight up decapitation. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with the creatures, actually. I, I, based off of what we know, I, I think I have to go with uh, the creatures as well. Man, I think I'm going creatures too, but this begs the question, is the question on future episodes, could, could the band beat up the creatures from Hail the Sun's New Age Filth album cover? Because I think it's yeah, no, no, and no, 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 no. The question raises the same. Four Years Strong would decapitate any member of Hail the Sun. However... Hail the Sun would be like, check out this sick blast beat. Look at our metric modulation. <laughs> Isn't that cool for you, Strong? And then they yeah, just and beat him yeah. over the head with a guitar. Yeah, throw a, Christ- <laughs> throw a Christmas tree at their heads. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's really nothing else. Maybe the pal right and the kiss her pink lady with the bomb. But, you know, I, I, I think that's also just, I, I want to beat her up. I feel like the rage I feel towards that pink thing and pal right and the kisser, I could do it. Wow. Wow. And I think. That concludes this episode of Discog Discourse. Um, if you want to follow us on social media and join the discourse yourself, you can find us on TikTok at Discog Discourse or on Twitter at Discog Pod. We're also on YouTube, but who cares about that? You can't really have much of a discussion there. Shout out to that guy on Twitter. I don't have his name in front of me, but he said, you guys have no taste. I might pin that comment because he's 100% right. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's spot on. I feel like he really understands us better than anyone else who's responding. Agreed. Yeah, because I think both of you have no taste, but then both of you think I have no taste and, and, you know, down the line, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, would someone with taste put Elephantitis at number four in their list? I don't think so. That's what I'm wondering. All right, it's all fun and games until I quit. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, before <laughs> Kyle quits, let's call it quiz for tonight. 
Oh, real quick, what are we what are we discussing on the next episode? We're talking about the plot and you. Talk, talking about the plot and you, uh, as I'm sure you've noticed, each person that leads the discussion is effectively the host, which means this is, I think, the first time I am technically the host as we're following my ranking of the plot and you, and uh, it should be should be a fun time. If you like the plot and you, please tune in. Tell your friends that like the plot and you. Tell tell your mama that likes the plot and you. Come on now, church. Get everyone in on the discussion. Get everyone in on the discussion make this a global movement thank you so much for listening if you've made it this far we'll see you on the next one take care